Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell podcast. The day before opening day, the San Diego Potters are about to embark on the 2023 campaign. Let's go, baby. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. It's time, guys. I know we started doing this with us three, two, three months ago, and it kind of felt like a slugfest. We're, we're finally at that point where we're getting after it now. Yep. TikTok. We're on the clock. Less than 24 hours away. Love it. See- this is the excitement part about spring training. You know, you get to finally get to your home city, get in your own locker. You, the grass just smells different. The grass just feels better in San Diego than it does out in Peoria. And, and there's no better feeling at the end of spring training right now to get ready for opening day tomorrow. There's it's, no better feeling. It's wild. And I'm a little concerned, but it's wild to see the some of these expectations I've seen. A lot of these, you know, MLB reporters, they got the Padres making it all the way. We we've seen all these predictions. So I think we want to spend, you know, the bulk of this episode talking about our predictions of this team, not just from a wins loss perspective, but you know, who do we think is gonna have big years? Who are gonna be all stars? You know, what's the rotation gonna unfold? How all that's gonna shape out. So I mean, I, I guess Nick, let, let, let's start with the starting pitching, right? The Padres Joe Musgrove is probably going to miss a start. We still don't really know about Darvish. Bob Melvin just confirmed Juan Soto's in left field, but we'll get into that. General thoughts on, on, on our starting pitching. General thoughts on Blake Snell taking the ball on opening day. Hey, I don't mind Blake Snell taking the, taking the bump opening day. I mean, he's a guy that we always fear starts slow. So maybe giving him that opening day start where he's getting more innings right off the bat, you know, gets him in, in a groove faster. Um, he's a guy who's on a contract year who I think – is going to make strides this season and finally, you know, at least be a semblance of the Blake smell that we've seen um, in years prior. So I, look, I'm all for it. And of course he's the healthiest guy on the roster right now when it comes to, you know, getting the solid arm out there. So not much of a choice. I mean, Martinez, I guess is, is getting the, the ball day two, but um, look, I think this rotation has been disrespected all off season long. A lot of people, have not been giving us the consideration that we deserve as one of the top rotations in baseball. Uh, you look to the Mets, of course, who've got like their Cy Young winners and you even look at like the Mariners and the Astros. And I think we're right there. I mean, there's no like true number one ace, like a Corbin Burns, Scherzer, Verlander, uh, you know, Sandy Alcantara guy, but there's a guys who can make the leap. Like Joe can make that leap. Like he is capable of making that leap. You don't have been that guy in the past. And, you know, if he can put together a solid season and be an all-star again, like that's two guys right there that I'm looking at as at least two number two pitchers. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a, a really competitive year in the rotation. And look, deadline, you might be adding somebody. If we're in a position where we need to start separating that gap between us and the Dodgers or us and the Rock or not the Rockies, uh, the Diamondbacks, you know who I think are going to be sneaky good this season, um, then we're going to add an arm. Maybe that's Corbin Burns. You never know. 
Um, my my prediction with this rotation is I like how nobody's talking about us. Um, I think we have two number or three number two starters. I think we have two um, number three starters, but I like everybody. Everybody's pretty solid. You know, there's no expectations. I do believe this is going to be the year of Joe Musgrove where he's going to surprise everybody. I think he's going to be in the talks of the Cy Young this year. And, but I think we're going to be so solid where everybody's going to throw five or six innings. There's not going to be one guy that's going to go, well, he's our stud. And you're just going to go, man, their rotation is just tough. There's nobody, there's nobody we fear, but there's nobody that is easy. You know, I feel like that's why other teams are, they're just going to be like, everybody's just tough. And I feel like I'm, I'm happy about nobody's giving us any credit right now with, with our rotation because we're going to surprise everybody because everybody is really good. And in the past, we just haven't been consistent, but I feel like now we're, we're going to be consistent. I feel like the stars are aligned. Everybody's on the right page. We're going the right direction and everybody is somewhat mere healthy or getting healthy. And I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. There was, there was some surprising news too coming out of spring. We look at the back end of that rotation. Ryan Weathers makes the big league team, and Jay Groom doesn't. And that was a that was kind of the the interesting decision. I think a lot of people thought Groom would get that spot. He was having a good spring, but you know Ryan Weathers they they just want to give him a chance, and he's slated already to go pitch game five of this year. And when he was asked about you know the plans to stay here, I think it's number one based off his performance, and number two, what Joe Musgrove's injury looks like. But, I mean, someone like Ryan Weathers, right, if you want an opportunity to kind of redeem yourself you know, over these last few years, this game five star, usually you'll tell pitchers it takes time to get into the flow. He's got to be pitching with urgency, you know, first game of the season if he wants to stay in this rotation when Joe Musgrove comes back. So this is a huge opportunity for Ryan Weathers because if he struggles, they're just going to pick up Jay Groom. If he struggles, they're just going to pick up somebody else, right? And if we talked about it, we're hoping that one of those guys can stick. And I think the Padres are hoping that guy is Ryan Weathers because he's the guy they took eighth overall two, three years ago. Yeah, I think, you know, what they're doing is they're telling Weathers, look, we have confidence in you. We want you to be a starter. We we don't have any intention of bringing you as a reliever. So I think it's good. I think he's going to be that guy that, you know, is going to pitch for Joe Musgrove until Joe comes back, you know, and go out there. You know, they probably told him, hey, you got one, maybe two starts until Joe comes back. Then we're going to send you down. You're going to start. But don't doesn't matter if you go and throw a perfect game or whatnot. Here's our role. This is what we want you to do. And I think guys respect that and go down there. And when somebody, when we need somebody, you're going to be the best guy down there and you'll come back up. So I am expecting him. He, his spring training wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, but a guy like him, you, everybody has to realize he's coming into spring training, not getting ready for the season. He's coming into spring training, ready to win a job. Mm -hmm. And apparently he did win that job. And you could say because of injury or whatnot, but he won that job. So therefore, he should be ready. And if he's not ready this mm -hmm. start, then we got to start looking for somewhere else. But I, I do believe Weathers can do it. And I think he's going to have a bright future for the Padres. Maybe, you know, I'm just, you know, living a dream or whatnot, but I think he can. So it's one of those things that he should be ready for this start. He should be ready to go. And I expect nothing but five innings and maybe giving up one run, you know, this, uh, the fifth, you know, the sixth day of the season. Since we yeah, but anyway. I, I, I'm with you, Heath. And to go off your point, Borna, I think with Jay Groom, who did have such a great spring training, 
I think the urgency isn't there as much because of the fact that we've had weathers in our system for so long, right? He's, he's been up and down the MLB. Um, so we want to give him as much experience as possible and start giving him these chances because I think he's, it, it's, it's now or never at this point, you know, it's like, you're going to develop into the pitcher we thought you were, or you're not, you know, and we're going to be a rotation or a, a bullpen guy, or you're going to be packaged in a trade deal. So I think it's a true test, you know, to, to give him that experience, to see if he's ready to go as our fifth starter at, while Joe is, is, you know, ailing a little bit and trying to get healthy, he may miss one or two starts here. Um, and then, you know, if he's got two good starts, I still think you send him down and say, you know what, you did a great job. You're going to be our guy in AAA. And when your time is ready again, you'll be back up. Um, and if he blows up, <coughs> then you send him back down to AAA and you see how he does. So the urgency is there for, for weathers more than it is for groom where, Groom was kind of that throw-in prospect we got for Hosmer. We got lucky, honestly, that yeah. we got anything for Hosmer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, not a ton of risk there. And I think Groom is also a guy who, you know, still needs some developing in the minors. Uh, hasn't made that 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 big jump to the majors yet. So yeah, he hasn't pitched in the big leagues yet. Exactly. So you want the guy, especially to start the season, who has big league experience off the bat, which is Ryan Weathers. Yeah, it's. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that situation unfolds. I mean, how awesome would it be for this rotation for Ryan Weathers to kind of be that guy again, you know, just throwing 96, 97, can eat innings, man, because we, we've seen it. He's done it against the Dodgers, yeah. some of the best hitters in the world. It's just a lot of the, a lot of about being a pro is are you consistent, right? A 100%. lot of people have the talent, but if you're not consistent, you're not going to stick. And, and I'll go, and I'll, Weathers I'll go, to has add to realize. go ahead. I'll go to add really quickly. Just one quick point. I know he's not Mackenzie Gore, but there wasn't a ton of pressure for Mackenzie Gore because there were so many veterans that were carrying this rotation. When Chris Paddock was our guy, he was the only guy. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I was going to say with Weathers, he's got to know it doesn't matter how good he pitches his first or second game. He's going down, you know, and he, I hope he doesn't want to be just in the big leagues and going, well, Hey, I pitched, you know, seven shutout innings. Joe's coming back. Well, put me in the bullpen because I want to stay in the big leagues. No, you want to be a starter. This is what we yeah. need you to do this year because we're going to need some rest from some guys. Guy might get hurt or whatnot, but we're going to need you. Go down there, eat your innings up, do what you do in AAA, and you'll come back because we know that you can pitch up here. Mm -hmm. So he just has to Good understand, point. and I hope you know the management has told him, like, you're up here for one or two starts. Then we want you to go down there. You're our first guy. You come to, and then I hope we told Jay, Jay, go to AAA, become the best starter there. And then when we call on somebody, we're going to look for the best starter that's in AAA. So go down there. You're going to get your shot. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year, but most likely it's going to be this year. Go down there. That's where I've been talking about management, coaching staff needs to be very truthful to their players and very honest with their players. Cause you could say, Jay, you're going to be our number one guy getting called up. Right. And then he goes down there and pitches five bad games. Say Weathers goes down, pitches two good games. They're going to call up the best guy. And Jay's got to realize, well, I'm not pitching really well right now. So you have to be, you have to be honest with yourself too. And this is, they're both at that transitional stage, except for Weathers is a little bit farther along than Jay is, even though Jay had a nicer spring training that, <clears throat> how to break in the big leagues. It's not break opening day roster. And then you just pitch great and you're there all the time. Sometimes you have your, one of your horses down 
gives you an opportunity. You when opportunity knocks, you pitch really well when that opportunity knocks, then you get sent back down. And then everybody knows and everybody wants you to be back, but you got to go to AAA and pitch, you know, above average. And when you come back, you're, you'll be solidified and you'll stay here. And I think that's where Weathers is in that transition, where Jay is in that transition. You're just about ready to break open to the big leagues, but we're, we don't have a spot for you just yet. But as soon as one yeah. opens up, you're here. And he has to realize that. So it's a fun time in spring spring training and opening season to talk about all this stuff and pitching pitchers. And check this out. A year ago, we were not talking about how much depth we had as a pitching rotation. We were just like, hopefully nobody gets hurt. I hope this happens. I hope that happens. So now we have a plethora of pitchers and it's fun to talk about. I love Clayton Richard to death, but I think four or five years ago, he was our opening day starter. So let's, let's put it in perspective on on (laughs) kind of what, what, what's been going on with the Potters, even though he's been awesome. No, no knock, just perspective people. Um, In other news, let's take a look at this bullpen for the San Diego Padres. Uh, Obviously one of the league's best bullpens, some people can argue the best bullpen in the National ranked, League, ranked second two, behind the Astros. Right. Yep, ranked number two behind Houston. Arguably the best eight-nine combo in, in the league with Suarez and Hader. We did get some tough news that Robert Suarez is expected to begin the 2023 season with arm stiffness on the injured list, and that's something you have to be so careful with. Whenever you hear that word stiffness, and Heath, Heath, you know, you have to be extremely careful, especially because it's just about to be April. Suarez. Some people argue was better than Hater in their majority of their stint in San Diego last year, so they cannot afford to lose this guy. Fortunately, they have a lot of depth and they have pieces that are going to be back. But uh, initial take, uh, Nick. Well, let's, let's start with you on just on the bullpen this year. I mean, if, if healthy, and I know we're already not, but if right. healthy, right? That Suarez news does not give me stiffness, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I will say though, it, it is a nice bullpen. Luis Garcia is a guy that you know I've always kept my eye on, and he he's making big strides and. You know, hopefully having a, a healthy Pomerantz finally would be nice to see. Um, and look, Hater had some ups and downs last season, but focus is is key right now. And I think that he understands that like this is the year. Um, he's in a contract year himself, so go ahead and prove yourself and reestablish yourself as the most dominant closer in the game. Edwin Diaz is out for the year, so go ahead and take that top spot um, and dominate and shove. Um, and then I like, you know, our, our, our weapon guys too, like our, our lefty specialist, Tim Hill. I think the, the ball club loves him and, um, you know, he's always a nice addition when you need him out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think top to bottom, it's pretty sound and I'd be surprised if there's many changes that happen, you know, throughout the season, there might be one addition, you know, come deadline, you never know what happens here and there. Um, you know, we talk about injuries, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on this bullpen this year. Yeah, this bullpen's really nice. It's um, there's a lot of expectations. You know, one thing I love is Josh Hader. He's basically our sh- shortest, skinniest pitcher out there that just shoves. Kind of reminds me of Billy Wagner in a way. But um, you know, Robert, his he's got arm soreness. I just think that is him pitching a lot in the playoffs last year, and him kind of like, you know, probably pitched the most he's ever pitched before. And he had a sh- kind of a short off season because we went so far in the playoffs that they just need to be, cause he's going to be the Padre future closer or whatnot. So we just need to be a little careful with him and the month of April, not throw him back to back days, make sure he's okay. And if it was really, if it was really more, you know, if it was worse than what, you know, they're saying about soreness, 
they probably just throw him on the DL for the first two weeks of the season. You know, we have such a good bullpen that you can do that with Hill and everybody else. So I'm not too worried about it. I just think you just have to ease him on because the first time you pitch in 60, 70 games, it changes, especially if you're in a playoffs like he was, all that intensity. It takes a toll. You know, you guys would always ask how, you know, when do you pick up a ball again? I go, I don't pick up a ball until like a week before Christmas after Mm -hmm. the season's over, you know, and he went farther in the playoffs than I ever went. So, you know, you probably not pick up a ball until after the new year's, but then you only have about five to six weeks to get ready to play, you know, catch and go to spring training. So you just, you know, and when you get to spring training, you feel like, man, my arm's good. I'm going to go right after it again. And that's where the veteran, you know, presence comes in where you gotta, you gotta take easy. You gotta ease it up a little bit. No, you pitched a lot last year. So this spring training, I'll throw a up when I've just played catch with my throwing partner, instead of throwing like 30 or 40 throws, I'm just going to throw 25, get my Mm -hmm. arm loose. Maybe not throw as long toss four times a week, only do it once or twice just to kind of build up slowly. Cause I know I'm on the team, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, Robert probably came in to, I want to reprove myself. I want to do well. That usually what happens your second, third year in the big leagues until you start realizing, Hey, I'm going to be here and I'm going to spring train just to get ready. So, yeah. you know, that's all. It's just, it's a little, you know, I don't want to say it's immature, but it's just something you have to learn. But even though he's 32 years old, you have to understand that he's still young in the big leagues. Yeah, you know, he's not a veteran yet, even though he's older than Hater and older than a lot of our guys. But he's still a young pup, still a young guy. Yeah, there's also a couple guys that I forgot to mention as well that I'm excited to see. Jose Castillo, guy that coming back from injury that we haven't seen in a while, big boy. Um, obviously, Nabil Krismat has been great, and Stephen Wilson. I'm looking at this bullpen honestly. And for the majority of it, a lot of these guys have pitched in really high leverage situations in their Which careers, like Tim big Hill. games. Yeah, exactly. Big games, big moments. So you don't want guys that are going out there that are just, you know, fifth inning guys, you know, cleanup guys, inning innings guys. And though there are some guys on the roster right now that are like, you know, maybe Brett Honeywell is that guy this year who's eating up innings, you know, getting that experience. Same thing, uh, you know, with Adrian Morajon a little bit, who we essentially want to become a starter at some point he's also been shut down to start the year remember with his with his shoulder and arm so right 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 um so i think wilson's gonna do really well this year i agree he came out of nowhere a kid kid from santa clara was driving uber last spring training it's such a great story that uh went went national but you know it's a good point too and nick another great point is majority of our team is returning from last year that playoff run was so important, you know, the fact that yeah. they just could play in those kind of games. They beat the Dodgers. They had like they did all that and they didn't achieve their goal. But now there's there's no more of that excuse about lack of experience. Right. With 2020, you could argue it was the bubble. They there wasn't no fans, no pressure going to the opposing stadiums. They were there in Queens hearing people scream at them and in L.A., in Philadelphia, where you hear the ugliest words in the world. So. Um, it's they, they they've been battle tested. Bob Melvin's been battle tested. This team's been battle tested, and even the young guys, right? We know Soto did it in Washington, but you know Machado made a deep run, kind of as a leader for the first time. Um, you know Tatis is kind of the only guy who hasn't really been a part of that, but he's just going to fit right in. Um, you know we're, we're assuming so. I think this bullpen is going to be great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Josh Hader, I, I, to a bounce back, full bounce back year for Josh Hader to be back to that 
unhittable guy because he was the best closer in baseball for half a decade. So mm-hmm. I want to transition before we talk about the hitting. A lot of Padres beat writers, they went on and they, they did a bold prediction for the San Diego Padres. So about one thing. So I want you guys to brainstorm one. A common one, and I agree with it, is that the Padres are going to trade for Corbin Burns. You know, I think a lot of people in baseball still think that the Padres, they lack a true ace. As Heath, you even said, we have three number twos, but we don't have that number one, which is Corbin Burns. But other people are going to argue you need depth more than frontline ammunition. Heck, why not have both? And A.J. Preller wants it all. Um, Obviously, it's going to cost someone like Jackson Merrill and and, and top prospects. But netting someone like Corbin Burns, baseball's not predictable. But, man, I'd I'd be loving my chances even more. So that's my bold prediction. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't don't think we're going to need them. I think our starting rotation is going to be good enough where (laughs) we're not going to need anybody come trade deadline for pitching wise. Yeah. I think with Burns, uh, he's a, he's an unrestricted free agent. It looks like in 2025. So if you trade for him, you're getting him for this half of the season of the deadline. And then you're getting him for next season as well. Um, he also, wait, Nick, he also just changed agencies to Boris representation who, which yep. Scott has one of the best relationship with Seidler and the Padres. Yep. Yep. That too, as well. Um, I think when you're his clients, a lot of money, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yep. when you're like sitting here as the Padres, you have to kind of look at yourself and say, okay, do we really want to make this, this uh, trade for, or do we want to make this attempt to get Otani? Right. <sighs> And if we want to do that, do we want to address it in during the deadline and then extend him before he even gets the chance to hit free agency? Or do we want to just roll the dice and do free agency? And I think you have a better chance at re-signing Otani if you trade for him beforehand so he can develop that relationship with the ballpark, right? He can develop that relationship with the fans. He can get a taste of the winning culture in San Diego. He has time to play with Manny, who, who's got that you know addictive personality that you just want to be around all the time. And, and Bogarts and Soto and Tatis, like once he gets a taste of that superstar power that he's been missing in, in Anaheim, besides Mike Trout, who you know probably is boring as all get out, um, you, you honestly have a really good chance at resigning him. And of course he gets to hang out with you Darvish for half a season. So I think you really have to identify if you really want to be a serious suitor for Otani. I don't think you can get into the Corbin Burns sweepstakes just because it's going to take huge amounts of prospects. And if you bleed one dry, you're not gonna be able to get the other. Um, so I think that it, one of those two are going to be a possibility. Which one? I can't really make a prediction. So bold prediction here. Yes, I think we're going to be in the mix for one of those two guys who are both true aces. Yeah, it's true. I mean, are we going to go for a Tani or not? Even if we're our starting rotation is doing really well, you, you got to be in talks with Otani with the Angels and find out because it would be really nice to have him for a half a season before free agency. It would yeah. be nice. Wouldn't hurt. I saw I saw a tweet come out, and they were talking about teams and their revenues, right? Like, were they at an operating gain at an operating loss? And the Padres came in at a fifty-five million dollar operating loss annually in terms of projected, obviously payroll, employees, players, and then taking into consideration tickets, all that stuff. And but if the you're Bally, but, the Bally's contract too is in flux, so but you have you have to also remember the value of their franchises going up every year too. So they're really not losing money. I mean, they are on the surface, but the value of the Padres is, I'm sure, going up more than fifty-five million dollars annually. So it makes you think like. 
All right. He has more money to spend. <laughs> Let's see it. So Steve Cohen's yeah. losing 180 million a year. Yeah. Well, here let, let's let's explain that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So every team has projections. You know, every big company has projections. Well, let's just talk sports. So we have 81 games at home. They plan on selling out 81 games, selling out every single game. If they, they do that, let's just say they make 500 million dollars. Say they only sell out 60 60 out of the 81. They only make 350 million dollars. They're going to, at the end of the year, say, how did we lose $150 million this year? Now, from Joe Blow that's listening to this and all our listeners and whatnot are going to say, wait, you made $350 million this year? You didn't lose $150 million. But big companies take it as, we lost money. Right. So when we talk about, well, they lost $150 or we're losing $50 million or this or that, no, their projections making, you know, 500 million but you know we lost 50 million dollars this year they really put in their pockets 450 right right so let's understand that you know listeners or whatnot they're That's- talking about losing that that projected money that they could have had in their pocket you know yes. i don't think hypothetical pocketing a lot though with this payroll he's he's pocketing some money i you know let's just say he's making he's projected to make a hundred million dollars but he only Look. makes 50 it's that old term, scared money don't make money, right? Like you know, because here's the thing: we're, we're spending all this money. If you don't have money coming in, how exactly. can you spend it? You, it, and, it's, it's just, it's not, it's bad business. And spending so, all this money puts you in a position to make more money because look, every day on ESPN and MLB Network, I'm seeing the Padres logo and I'm seeing these guys talk about the Padres. We're getting more national recognition. We're getting more worldwide recognition. You go out and get Otani, you have all of Japan on your side. Seidler probably, let's just say, is projected to make him personally, like after he pays everybody else, let's just say, you know, say $30 million. But he could have he could have made more, but he paid so so many guys. But he's still making money. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't you're not an owner of a major league baseball club or a sports team if you're not making money. Now it could be a hundred million dollars, could be five hundred, it could be thirty million. I remember Steinbrenner back in the eighties. I'm going to spend eighty percent of what I make on the club because I want a winner. And a lot of the other owners were upset. And then he made the Yankees into what the Yankees are nowadays. Mm-hmm. So maybe Siler's doing that. I'm going to spend 60, 70, 80% of my profit into the club because he has the knowledge of you, it takes money to, you spend money to make money. Can, can you imagine? Money, he's getting more fans. Instead of having back in when I played, we probably only had 10 sellouts and opening day was one <laughs> of them. Now we're probably at a 60% sellout rate. You know, it's just not Friday and Saturday night. I mean, we probably have Wednesday night sellouts, some Monday sellouts. I think they're projecting every game to be a sell. Yeah, they projected every game. Can you imagine in 20 years from now, we're sitting here saying Padres, the new Yankees of baseball. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm like I said before, I'm really jealous. I really wish I was 10 years younger and I was playing right now. So I'd set up for a hat, you know, hater, but it's just one of those things that I was with the organization when they didn't spend money and they were very frugal and we're not going to do this. We're going to trade everybody. We're going to get rid of everybody. We're going to let everybody go. You know, we just want to be happy. And now it's like, we want to win. So I'm I'm over here just talking and being really jealous. Jealous for yourself, but hopeful for your son who could get drafted, potentially. Be yeah, you know, I, personally, I want him to get drafted by somebody. 
and I don't really care who it is. I'd love him to play for San Diego, but right now he's a Padres fan. He'd love to too. Oh, he would love to, but you know how much pressure it would be for him to be a San Diego Padres. So let him get drafted. Let him, let him be like Otani, go to angels or something. (laughs) Do really well. And then the Padres trade for him. So let him do that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I guess last but not least, let's, Let's go. Let's go through this hitting, man. I mean, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I guess. I guess what we can do is let's all just pick one aspect of this lineup that you're most looking, you know, looking forward to seeing. Um, for me, it's it's honestly, I'm expecting a huge year from Jake Cronenworth. Uh, in, in all seriousness, because I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. In terms of, first of all, he hit 400 in spring training, and second of all, he has so much protection in this lineup. Right? We talk about the big dogs, right? Machado, Soto, Tatis, um, Bogarts. But someone like Cronenworth is likely going to see two Padres on base a lot of the times he's at the plate. So he's going to be seeing a lot of heaters right down the middle. I think this is a guy who kind of came off a year where he thought he could have even been a lot better is going to have a a monster year. And I think he's going to hit cleanup tomorrow with no Tatis in the lineup. I can see Crony hitting cleanup. So um, that that, that, that's my pick as to who's going to have a, a a really, really big year for this Padres lineup. You were hanging out with him the other day. Did he uh, reveal anything about, you know, what's changed in his swing or how he's feeling or anything like that? Stay tuned. You'll see it. <laughs> big year for the kid. Big he's year. Just, 300, thir- 325 bombs. Lock it in. He's gained weight too, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of in the good. same boat. I think Jake Cronworth is going to be somewhat of the Padres MVP. He's going to be the guy that nobody's looking for. You know, everybody's going to talk about Tatis and Manny to do what he's doing. But, you know, for the Padres to really go far and do well, it has a lot to do with Cronenworth, especially playing first base, you know, defensively, really a new position or whatnot. If he feels comfortable, he's hit really well this spring training. You know, he was pretty much the only Padre kind of hanging out all spring training, not going every place, World Baseball Classic. But, yeah, he just – he looked like locked in in spring training. His abats from the first one to the last one looked locked in. I'm ready to go. He wants to prove something. Maybe he gained some weight. Maybe, maybe he started eating some more protein shakes, or maybe he started eating real food. Who knows? But um, maybe he's just happier to play first base, and he's not going to bounce around every, you know, play second, play first, play third. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yep. Well, I'm curious. To, I'm curious to see if he can, you know, vie for an All Star spot because, as we all know, he should be make, an All Star this year. I'm just saying, it's harder to make an All Star as a first baseman than it is way harder base there's just yeah. the talent drop off at second base is yeah it was it was um, jazz chisholm and, and jake in the national league right yeah, and, and, and to... albies if albies is healthy. and albies yes that's right. that's right um but like now you're first baseman and you're going against freddie freeman and paul goldschmidt you know it's Pete tough. alonzo <laughs> it's tough um yeah but yeah it's uh it, it still hasn't it still hasn't hit me yet man that tomorrow We'll see tomorrow. I mean, we're expecting a lot of rain. I know the tarp's already out at Petco. We're going to see some Padres baseball. So it's going to be awesome to hear Don Orsillo, Mark Grant, Don and Mud. It's going to just feel good <laughs> at, at a good ball game. You know, I'm excited for the summer. Just go to a, a, a good ball game. But it's not I – can, I can't just go watch the Padres stress-free anymore. There's so much expectations. Every game feels – it feels like going to be a big game. So yep. I, I just hope this team gets off to a hot start. I hope they get – good above 500 so we can just go in cruise control if you know what i'm saying you know i don't want to be 15 and 15 and start and start sweating a little bit well and we start off with the rockies you know they're always a little you know yeah and then the diamondbacks for two and then 
Then we go on a, a hard road a very trip. tough schedule Atlanta. to start What's the year. Very what? tough schedule to start the year. Well, I like the first week at home. You got two yeah. teams that are not good, but they can beat you if you let up. So we should be able to do really well against the Rockies and Diamondbacks. But then you go off and play the um, the Braves in their place and the Mets in theirs where I'm hoping they're not ready. And then you got to play Milwaukee and Atlanta at home. But just remember, fans out there, let's win every series. That's yes. all we have to do. And then when we go on the road or a four-game series, if you win two out of four, that's considered a win. And on the road, you want to be at least 500. So, but our plan every day is let's just win a series, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's go win a series. That's all we have to do. Win a series. And if you do that, you're going to have about 95, 100 wins in a season. I'm with so, it. Sounds, sounds pretty nice. All you got to do is just, you know, it's like the age old thing. Let's just, you know, let's win this inning. There's nine innings in a baseball game. Let's just win this one. Mm-hmm. You win this one. So in a series, let's not give up any series. Let's win the first one, first game. Go in the second one. The third one is like, hey, we could sweep them or not. But you, all you got to do is just win every series. And I, I like the schedule because it's going to show us, you know, it's a little easy the first week. Then it gets really tough the next two weeks. Yeah. How, how good are we? I'd rather jump in the fire right away than wait I'm a month you. to see if we're any good. You want to see your flaws right off the bat, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's see what we need to work on. Let's see what, what needs we need to address. Exactly. Um, the other teams might have flaws too. They might be airing some stuff out. They're not in the groove yet. I'm, yeah. I'm, I like it. I like playing the hard teams right off the bat. Yep. What's our uh, predictions for the record? I still got a hundred wins. I okay. still have a hundred wins. Ninety. I'm going to go 98. Ninety-eight. I'm going to lock in 98, 98 season. The last time that we were in the world series this time we win 98 games and we make the World Series win it all. I don't know numbers. I do think Padres, Dodgers, it can go down to the final week this year for the division. I think it's going to be kind of that. So it, I, th- I think we'll have, we'll have a real shot to win this division this year, which we haven't been able to say in years past. So I mean, heck, it never rains in San Diego and it might rain opening day. Okay, so there's something going on right now that – doesn't ever happen in San Diego. So <laughs> I feel like we're winning the whole thing and we're winning a hundred games. I love you know, it. You know, you know the Dodgers, it. I think we got a chip in their armor last year and they're kind of like still dazed and they're like, Oh my God, what, what just happened? And we're still feeling real confident. So, you know, we don't have to play them this month. We don't have to play the Dodgers this month. So let's go in there and whip up on some other teams and then play them the next month. So. And we're going to learn a lot about this team, you know, just when they – because there is adversity. It's 162 games. We're going to learn a lot about them when they go on a few-game skid, right, and how do they respond to that. And I think Bob Melvin got the most out of them last year when they were spiraling a little bit. So I guess we'll find out for our faithful. Next time we talk to you all, we will have some wins and hopefully all wins, huh, next time yeah. we talk to you all. So it's going to be a, a great season. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. Make sure you guys go check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your listen. I want to give a quick shout-out. To San Diego State basketball, yeah, oh, yeah, go go crush in the Final Four, bring First a winning ever. culture, bring a bring a winning culture to San Diego. It won't get the party started. Let's, let's go Padres and let's go Aztecs. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V. 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.